Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. everybody welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast no video this week if you guys were looking for it on youtube uh we apologize about that just had some family stuff going on for a couple of us uh, but i didn't want to leave you guys without a preview for the week so uh it's matt here just gonna do a quick solo pod here for week 13 we know we're getting closer to the end of the nfl season I wanted to go through it with you guys here really quick. Uh, to preview the Thursday night game, the Buffalo Bills beat the New England Patriots 24-10. to Josh Allen just continues to be amazing. Has himself a good day, continuing to just will the Bills to victories here. 22-33 for 223 yards, two touchdowns. Stephon Diggs, another big day for him, 92 yards and a touchdown. You know, Gabe Davis saves his day with that touchdown if you started him. But James Cook, 14 carries to Devin Singletary's 13, um, did look better, at least a little bit better now carrying the ball, did get 64 yards. Devin Singletary, though, still gets the touchdown, so if you started him, he comes through for you and saves your day. But definitely something to watch. James Cook looked really good. Could we be getting closer and closer now to him really kind of taking over a main part of that role, or at least increasing his workload with the Bills? He's not a player that I'd really feel good starting just yet, but definitely something to look for as not only did he have 64 yards rushing, he added 41 yards receiving. So he gets you a 10-point game. That is not that bad. On the Patriots side of things, I mean, nothing really stood out here. Mac Jones just, I mean, dude does not have any help out there. 195 yards and the one touchdown. Jacoby Myers took a pretty nasty hit in the end zone. You have got Ramondre Stevenson, who had, unfortunately, kind of a, a quiet day here. Was hoping, at least for a little bit more. Does get you 54 yards. If you started him, um, does also end up with 24 yards uh, through the air. So, I mean, and not a horrible day, but you were hoping for more against this buff. Previewing here the games for the week. First up, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, the 4-7 Steelers, up against the 5-7 and seven Falcons. Najee Harris is cleared to play. 
while Jalen Warren is out. So I think if you've got Harris, you should feel at least somewhat good about playing him. Atlanta can be run on. Would not uh, think this is going to be a bad game for Najee Harris at all. They just seem – I don't know what's going on with this dude. I think the medical community alone really needs just like to bring him in this offseason and study him because every time this dude seems to have a season-ending injury, he just bounces back, something Matt and I talked about last week, and he does it here again. Feel good about him. Cordero Patterson, really intriguing player on the Falcons side here. I think I'm avoiding him this week. I don't think that Pittsburgh's going to get out to a, a massive lead here against Atlanta. So he may get some carries. I don't know that he gets a ton of receptions here. I don't think Atlanta's really got to claw back to get into this game. Uh, I don't. I just don't think that he's going to have a, a really big game this week. So if you've got Cordero Patterson and you've kind of been you know, thinking or like waffling back and forth. Should I start him? Should I not? I think you kind of got to sit him this week. He's he's not been as good of late after coming back from that injury. Did have the one big game where I believe he scored about seventeen points. Then after that, two ten and eight. Like I and I don't expect him to have a ton here against Pittsburgh. Maybe. After the bye in week 14, uh, we can think about firing him up. All th- I uh, I am taking the Steelers as is Dennis. Matt is picking the Falcons. Next up, the 4-8 Green Bay Packers at the 3-8 Chicago Bears. I don't think you can play Rodgers at this point. Um, even with as bad as Chicago's defense is, he is just banged up. Uh, you know, he talked about he would play if his finger is, you know, was hanging off his hand. It almost feels like it is with the way his performance was has been the past couple weeks. Even in a super flex league, you know, I get if you have to start him because you don't have a better option. But I would almost argue there's probably got to be some actual skill players that are better than him right now. I mean, 11 points last week. Granted, Philadelphia, great defense. You know, Chicago is not that. They're a middle-of-the-pack kind of defense, 14th overall. I guess, you know, you feel good playing him. I think he's probably going to get you at best like 16 to 20 points, and and I guess that is good for a low-end quarterback, but definitely not the the year that you were hoping for him coming back. Uh, Let's see if Christian Watson can continue to perform. As for the Bears, Justin Fields, full practice, off the injury report, you are firing him up. He is going to be absolutely amazing for you. Wish I would have seen that report before I started Josh Allen over him. Not that Josh Allen was a bad start, but Justin Fields with his rushing upside, just going to be all in. And that's really, I think, all you're going to get out of him with Darnell Mooney out for the rest of the season. I don't know what he's going to do passing-wise, but that rushing right there can change a fantasy week for you. I am taking the Packers, as is Dennis. Matt Fox is taking the Bears. The 4-7 Jacksonville Jaguars are going up against the 4-7 Detroit Lions. For the Jags, Zay Jones, a flex-worthy play this week. I would honestly lean toward no. But they've got to throw the ball to somebody, right? And the past couple weeks, 6 points, 10 points, and then coming out of the by 25 Detroit is the fourth worst team against the wide receiver, Baltimore the sixth. So he is getting the better matchup here. 
if you're feeling lucky playing, I personally would not. Maybe as a flex starter, I guess this week you could do it. Again, Detroit, such it is a really juicy matchup, but he has been very hit or miss. Um, you know, 9 points, 3 points, 19 points, 0 points, 2, 6, 8, 5, 6, and then, of course, 10 and the 25. I don't necessarily know that this is just like him coming into his own after the bye week. But he does have two juicy matchups. Again, as I mentioned, Detroit fourth worst against the past Tennessee second worst, who they play next week. So if you're desperate, um, especially with the buys we have this week, actually, I probably wouldn't mind throwing him in a flex spot. Jamison Williams is set to make his debut for the Detroit Lions. I'm not expecting much here for Jamison Williams. I would definitely not play him now. Does not mean that he won't be good, but coming off an injury like that, I want to see it before I really trust putting him in my lineup. Jacksonville is the ninth worst team against the pass, so he could end up going out there catching a long pass and a touchdown. If you're really looking for a dart throw, go ahead and throw Williams in there. But I want to see what he looks like in this offense first. I do think he's going to be the two behind Amon Ross St. Brown. So this is not a I don't think Jameis Williams is good comment. I just want to see what he looks like in the offense and how he looks in his first game back for the Lions, who all three of us are picking to win this game. It is a sweep over the Jacksonville Jaguars. These 7-4 New York Jets are going up against the 9-2 Minnesota Vikings. And really here for the Jets, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with their backfield. It does look like Michael Carter is not going to play. He is currently listed as doubtful for the game. That leaves us with literally just James Robinson, Zonovan Knight, who had a good game last week, and Ty Johnson. I think a lot of people are probably going to lean towards Zonovan Knight, who had, a, as I just mentioned, a decent game last week where James Robinson did absolutely nothing. And I get that. I, I'm not against playing Knight if you do have him. We do see that sometimes at the end of the season, these running backs who are healthy, who have not had to be relied upon all year, come in and all of a sudden are decent. He did put up 11 points last week. That's probably what I would expect here for him against Minnesota, who is around one of the better defenses there, ranked 12th against the run. So not bad. Right around middle of the pack. Zonovan Knight could have a good day here. I'm not expecting a massive one. Definitely the guy, though, I would lean on if you've really had to play a player uh, out of this backfield. For the Minnesota Vikings, Dalvin Cook is going up against the Jets defense, who have been very good. They're the main reason, in my opinion, at least, that the Jets are where they currently are in the standings. Now... The past couple weeks for him, coming out of the bye, Dalvin Cook had 25 points, 12 points, 25 points, and then 7-7 seven and seven against the 27th defense, against, or allowing the 27th most points, the 31st most points in New England and Dallas. Very good against the run, obviously. Now he gets the Jets, which is 20, so a top 10 defense against the run. That is a great matchup for the Jets, not a great matchup for Dalvin Cook. You're still playing him. He's a game changer. You can't sit him. But I definitely think I'd be a tad bit worried and lower my expectations a little bit with him going up against the Jets this week, especially if you need a win. But you probably can't pivot off him, especially in a redraft league. Your chances are you don't have another running back and probably even in a dynasty league. We are all taking the Vikings for a sweep, though, here against the Jets. 
The 7-5 Washington Commanders are at the 7-4 New York Giants, and it does seem like the Washington defense has been improving at least a little bit as of late. They are currently sitting at 16th against the pass, so you're looking at you know guys like Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, and you're saying, okay, they're probably going to be okay, good games, but you're not expecting much. But where Washington has really gotten got, or not have gotten got, I'm sorry, is the Washington run game. 28th, they are locking down teams against the run. That is where I still think Barkley will be fine for you, though. You're not sitting him this week. But if Washington is able to limit Barkley, they're going to have to force Daniel Jones to do it through the air. I'm still not really trusting any of these guys on the Giants. I just don't know how you could. But if you had to play one, Dennis made this call a couple weeks ago, and I'm going back to it in a flex spot. If you really need a wide receiver desperate to go, I'm taking Darius Slayton to have a good game here again. Middle of the pack in in points allowed here. Now, he is listed as questionable, so definitely something to watch. But I think he can get you close to 12, 15 points and possibly more if he scores you a touchdown. I think he can go over 100 yards here against Washington because I do think they'll be able to slow down Barkley. They've been able to stymie the run all season. I think they might be able to slow him down. Not going to stop him, but I think they'll be able to slow him down, forcing Daniel Jones to pass the ball. I think Darius Slayton could have a good game here for the Giants. As for Washington, I think it's just Terry McLaurin again. Like I don't know that you can really trust Brian Robinson or Antonio Gibson for that matter. You know, Terry McLaurin has been you know okay for the most part this season. It's 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 just been a hodgepodge of a team with with the injuries and everything going on. I probably would start Brian Robinson. I mean, he did have the big game last week. It's just so hard to trust those guys with the moving around of him and Antonio Gibson. Uh, and the Giants are not great against the run. They are actually fairly good against the pass, the the uh, allowing just the 29th ranked a uh, 29th amount of points. So they're right there. Like so, if, for those of you who don't know, I may not have been clear about this earlier. The higher the number is, the better you are. The lower, the worse. So, like, if you're one, you're the worst, allowing the most points. 29th being you're one of the best, allowing one of the fewest points against... Uh, they're, they're very good against the pass. Is that commander secondary, where they're just middle of... I'm sorry, the giant secondary, where they are just middle of the pack here against the run, ranked 13th, so closer to, closer, actually, to one of the bottom 10 teams. You know, Brian Robinson is coming off that 22-point game, but... Against Atlanta, as I mentioned earlier, very bad team against the run. They are the ninth worst. So I probably would start Brian Robinson because chances are if they get down into the red zone, they're going to give him the ball for a touchdown in the short area. And if he gets you that, he probably comes through for you. Matt Matt Fox and myself are taking the Commanders. Dennis is taking the Giants, which would then make this an extremely extremely interesting NFC East division. The 7-4 Tennessee Titans are going up against the 10-1 Philadelphia Eagles. What do the Titans need from Tannehill to win here? I think a Superman type of performance, unfortunately. I don't know if they'll be able to rely on Derrick Henry, though you're still starting him, because the Eagles are going to know they have to come in and stop him. I still believe they are one of, you could argue, not the best, but they are one of the best defenses in the league currently. Now, they are giving up points on the run. They Against the run, just recently, they are the 11th team 
against the run in fantasy points. So I do think Derrick Henry is going to be able to get some run here. And and we know what Derrick Henry, even going up against, say he was going against the best defense. If he breaks a big run, he's making your day. So you're starting him. I think that he will be fine. But where they really thrive is against the pass, 24th-ranked defense against the pass. And that's where I think they're going to be able to get after Tannehill. Maybe he brings you some rushing yards, but like I'm just not trusting any of these wide receivers. Not trusting this game. I actually think this is going to be a big game for the Philadelphia Eagles offense. So maybe you start anybody on, on Tennessee if you think that they're going to be able to throw back into this game. I personally don't. And I think A.J. Brown's going to be in for a massive game here. Tennessee gives up the second most points to wide receivers, and A.J. Brown, I think, is going to have himself a field day. Wanted to get paid by the uh, Tennessee Titans earlier this offseason. They didn't want to pay him. They trade him to the Philadelphia Eagles for him to play with one of his best friends, Jalen Hurts. He is having an amazing season. I think he goes off for a big game this weekend. I think he's going over 100 yards, and I think he's going to get two touchdowns as well. So if you got A.J. Brown, rejoice, because I do think he's going to be in for a big one, as will Jalen Hurts. We're all taking the Eagles over the Tennessee Titans. The 3-8 and eight Denver Broncos are at the 7-4 and four Baltimore Ravens. I don't know that I trust any Broncos in this game. The way you get Baltimore is through the air, and I just don't know that I can trust Sutton who is questionable right now, especially with the way that uh, Russell Wilson is playing. Jerry Judy is questionable. He missed the last two games. I don't know if he comes back. If they play, I guess I feel okay starting. But again, Russell Wilson just hasn't been himself either. You know, chances are you have to roll with these guys. I would not feel great about any of them. Wouldn't even feel great about anybody on the run game as well with Latavius Murray, you know, kind of been the guy for the most part, but Baltimore gives up 26 fewest points, like 26. They're 26 ranked against the run here. Like, they're a really good run defense. I'm, I'm not starting Latavius Murray if I don't have to. And honestly, on the Ravens side here, aside from Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, I don't feel great playing any anybody else. I mean, this has just been... This has really been a weird year for them uh, and a really a weird year for the Ravens. I mean, I think Lamar is is one of the best, and he's definitely played well enough to to get that contract extension. But Rashad Bateman's been out. Don't trust anybody else in the receiving game. You know, the backfield is muddied. I don't know that I necessarily feel good about playing any of those guys. And if we're being honest, Denver has still been one of the best defenses against everything they're one of the top defenses against the pass and a top 10 defense against the run like they've been phenomenal only the reason the team hasn't been good is because of Russell Wilson so and everybody we kind of already know that it's going to be very intriguing to see what happens with Denver with all the rumors about them probably firing Hackett possibly before the season even ends all of us are taking the Ravens to beat the Broncos next up the 4-7 and seven Cleveland Browns at the 1-9-1 Houston Texans. We know Deshaun Watson will be back in this game. David Njoku will be out. You're playing Amari Cooper. You're playing Nick Chubb. Do not play Deshaun Watson just yet. He has not played football in two years, and he is coming back against the Houston Texans, which should be a plus matchup for him. While they are not necessarily bad against the pass, actually, and some of this I do think is because of how bad they are against the run, they're allowing the 28th least points against the the pass here. I mean, they're ranked 28th. I just need to say they're ranked 28th because you guys know what I'm trying to say here. 
They don't give up a lot of points to wide receivers. They are the worst, number one, against the run. That Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt, when he gets his time as well, should both have great games here against the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson, I think, will help open that up a little bit, especially if he's able to make a couple passes early. It's going to be a big game for him, though. Going back to the team that he has been with his entire career and everything that went down off the field, um, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Watson. He is not going to be well-received. I would think there, I imagine, he's going to get booed quite heavily, and there's going to be a lot of things thrown his way, and it's all well-deserved, if we're being honest. But I don't think that this pass offense is going to be anything to write home about. I think you still got to start on Mark Cooper. I know a lot of people are high on Donovan Peoples-Jones. I probably, I'm i not starting him. You know, he was good the past couple weeks with Jacoby Brissett, getting 10, 12, 14, only two last week against Tampa Bay. But it's Deshaun Watson out there. Maybe he takes a deep shot and connects with him. I just don't think Deshaun Watson's going to be that good out here in week one. I think they're going to rely heavily on Nick Chubb. For the Texans' side, it's one man and one man only. It's Damian Pierce, who has had a phenomenal season. Does seem like he's hit a little bit of that rookie wall. Again, these players are not used to playing this many games, and he definitely wasn't. Florida limited his carries 11 points back in Week 10, but since then, 2-3. and But this could be his get-right game. Cleveland ranked fourth against the run. He should have himself a field day as well as I think both of these teams are just going to be running the ball a ton in this matchup. While I think it could end up being a close game, I am taking the Browns as our Dennis and Matt, so it's a sweep for the Browns over the Houston Texans. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Next up, we've got um, two teams that I think would be, we, at least if we talked about this game in the offseason, we thought would be completely reversed. The 6-5 and five Seattle Seahawks at the 3-8 and eight Los Angeles Rams. DK Metcalf is is the guy that we feel really good about here for the Seahawks. While he has struggled here and there throughout the season, I think some of that comes, you know, from obviously having Geno Smith as quarterback, who is having a phenomenal year, but maybe some of the chemistry is not there. You know, we'll see. 14, 12, and 10 going into the bye comes out last week against the Raiders, 14, but the Rams are very susceptible to the pass. 10th. They're a bottom 10 team here. 14 points, as I mentioned, against Las Vegas with uh, rank 13th. I think that DK Metcalf can have a good day uh, here on Sunday against the Rams secondary. And I'm going to be honest, I actually think Tyler Lockett can be that guy as well. Obviously, you're starting Kenneth Walker. There is no way you're sitting that man. 31-11, 29-10 going into the bye, 16 coming out. While the Rams are a good defense against the run, Aaron Donald out. I think Kendall Walker's still going to be fine. I think he still gets you about 15 points. Dude is just absolutely 
legit. On the Rams side here, it looks like Walford will be starting again. So you're not feeling great about any of the passing options for the Rams. It really just comes down to Cam Akers, who I'm still not really starting, if I'm being honest. Now, granted, his attempts have gone up 14-8 and eight over the last two weeks. Does get Seattle, who is a bottom three team, against the rush. I just don't trust him. You want to throw him in your lineup, and if he ends up getting uh, a great game or having a great game and smashes, props to you. I personally just could not do it. All three of us are taking the Seahawks to win this game. The 8-3 and three Miami Dolphins at the 7-4 and four San Francisco 49ers. The Dolphins run game here against San Francisco. This is probably the matchup of the weekend for me. Not just because both of these teams are obviously very good, but they both run the very same offense and fairly close same defense. Mike McDaniels is a disciple of the Kyle Shanahan offense, so if anybody knows how to stop it, it's Kyle Shanahan. That being said, San Francisco, literally the best team against the run, so I do think they're going to be able to slow them down a little bit. Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. If I'm picking one, I'm taking Mostert because uh, I do think that they'll get him a couple touchdowns or at least a touchdown to salvage your day, but I'm not expecting a ton from either one of these guys. So then you flip it around. What about the passing game? It's so good against the run. They've got to struggle a little bit against the pass. You'd kind of be wrong there, too. They're the 18th ranked team. So they're not bad. They're just a little bit better than halfway. Still think Tyree Kill is going to end up getting his. We've seen there's just no reason to fade him. Mike McDaniel does do a really great job of scheming him open. And I do think Jalen Waddle will be somewhat fine as well, which probably means two is going to be okay. That being said, they are missing their right tackle for this game now as well. So two is going to have to get this ball out quick because I do think San Francisco will be gunning for him. I think this could end up being a little bit of a lower scoring game with the way the 49ers probably take the air out of the ball, running it, and Miami having to throw a ton because I think they'll be able to slow down Miami's rush uh, rushing attack which I do think is kind of what their offense has been predicated upon. Over on the Niners side here, you got Christian McCaffrey, who, you know, we hoped would be having better games right now. Coming over to San Francisco the past couple games, out of the bye, 15-14, just six last week against New Orleans. And now he's getting Miami, which is the 22nd-ranked defense. New Orleans the 24th, fairly similar against the run, which is really, really good. I think that this game is literally going to come down to the passing attacks for both of these teams. I think that these, as I mentioned, both these coaches know how to stop these runs, and they're both very good against the run. So I expect them to kind of just come out here and force them to pass the ball. I don't know that I trust Jimmy G to do that. You know, we've seen that they have been somewhat good. Miami is not bad against the past 15, a little bit less than average there. I think Brandon Ayuk could have a good game, but it comes down to do I really trust Jimmy G in a big game? I think you've got to, right? You have to trust him. And if, if you're rolling with Brandon Ayuk, if you're rolling with Debo Samuel, if you're rolling with George Kittle, you've just got to trust that these guys are going to get you points because I just don't know that unfortunately the running backs are going to be able to do this one. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a little bit of a slow day here again. I think Ayuk and Kittle are the ones that are going to be big here. Um, Debo is obviously taking kind of a big step back dealing with that injury. Uh, I think it's going to be another Ayuk and Kittle game. I'm taking the 49ers to win this one. 
Dennis and Matt Fox are picking the Dolphins. The rematch of the AFC Championship, 9-2 Kansas City Chiefs up against the 7-4 Cincinnati Bengals. The Chiefs offense here, you know, they did just bring in Melvin Gordon. I'm taking Mahomes and Kelsey. That's it. I just don't trust anybody else here in this offense right now. The running, you know, backfield is all mixed up. Now listen, Cincinnati, really good secondary. So Juju Smith-Schuster is supposed to be back and playing in this game. You know, if you want to start him, I get it. He he had a really good he's had a really good connection with Patrick Mahomes, right? Like he's he's put up some really impressive games. Now since the bye, 13-4-0 and then 5, and I think he's probably going to be closer to like 6 or 8 unless he gets you a touchdown, which I don't want to bet on. I think it's going to be all Kelsey all the time. On top of that, I mentioned they're bringing in Melvin Gordon. I don't know what that's going to mean for Isaiah Pacheco, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. Pacheco's been good the past two weeks, 13-15. and 15. They do get a 19th-ranked Cincinnati Bengals defense, which is is not great. But I don't know that he's going to be given the ball and do much. So if you want to start him, you're just taking a shot in the dark here, in my opinion. I would not feel great about starting him. It's just Mahomes and Kelsey. For the Bengals side, Jamar Chase is expected to be back again in this game. And I think if he is, you're playing him. Kansas City 7th against the pass. They are susceptible there. Now, they can get after you. But we know Joe Burrow has the ability to extend plays and make big plays down the field. And I think he's going to want to get the ball to his guy, Jamar Chase, which he did in the AFC Championship when he torched them last year. And I think he's going to do it again. I'm actually taking the Bengals to upset the Chiefs here, as is Dennis. Matt Fox is taking the Chiefs. The 6-5 and five Los Angeles Chargers at the 4-7 and seven Las Vegas Raiders. We got... Keenan Allen, who is back and healthy in this one. You're obviously starting Justin Herbert. But what do we think about Keenan Allen going up against this Raiders secondary? I think you're playing him. Since coming back from the injury, 9 points against Kansas City, 13 against Arizona, Las Vegas, 13th against the pass, so they do give up points. I think he's going to get a touchdown. I think he's going to be good in this game. I think they're just going to continue to slowly feed him the ball. I mean, he's been targeted. 8-7 and seven in the first two weeks back. I think he's just slowly getting back into it. I don't think they want to push him too much as they're trying to make that playoff push. But this is a massive matchup for them against Las Vegas. They need this win to keep pushing for the playoffs. And I think Keenan Allen's going to be a big part of it. If you've got him, start him. Big game incoming for Keenan Allen. If Josh Jacobs is ruled out, I don't know who I really want to play from this running back team for uh, the running backs for the Las Vegas Raiders. So Josh Jacob obviously had that great game, that big run at the end of the game there for the Raiders, but he is dealing with a calf issue and is listed as questionable. That leaves us with Zamir White, Jacob Johnson, Britton Brown, and Amir Abdullah. You know, I don't know that I trust anyone. I would not be surprised if we finally get our first shot at Zamir White, but Amir Abdullah played earlier this season. I'm not starting any of these guys if I don't have to. But I will say this, and and if you roster any of them, I I guess it's probably Amir Abdullah and Zamir White. If it is announced ahead of game time, and obviously you're going to have to be paying attention, it's an afternoon game, so if not, you're going to be able to have to pivot late. If they do announce Jacobs out and they say, hey, Amir Abdullah's starting... I probably would play him at least as a flex option because the Chargers are the second worst against the run. They're just really bad. They're literally the number two ranked defense, and it's not by much either behind Houston. 
they have been absurdly bad against the run, and I, I obviously the Raiders want this win as well, and I think that's what they're going to rely on to beat the Chargers is the run game. So if they do announce someone else is playing outside of Josh Jacobs, start them because I think that they'll have a good game overall. We all took the Chargers in a sweep over the Raiders. The Sunday night football game, the 4-7-1 Indianapolis Colts at the 8-3 Dallas Cowboys. I'm not trusting Jaheim Bell. I know he had a couple good games here for the Colts. Looked really good in his limited action. And what's funny about that is I just said Jaheim Bell, not even realizing that college on the brain here. Jelani Woods, who realistically is kind of the same thing as Jaheim Bell. This, that's what you're going to get out of Jaheim Bell when he goes to draft this year. I'm sorry. Jelani Woods, who a lot of people loved because of his athleticism. Obviously, he had a great game last week, but I don't know that you can trust it. It's not like he's been consistent, guys. I get it. 13 points last week, but before that, 0, 0, 0. 0.7, 0, 0. 0.9, 0, 3.8, and then 14 points against the Chiefs, who we just talked about are bad against the pass. Dallas is an incredible defense. Uh, they are 30th against the pass. They do not let anything go through. That secondary has been on fire. If I'm trusting anybody from the Colts offense, it's Michael Pittman, and I'm still, I don't know that I expect much from that either. Like, I think you're probably getting like a 10, maybe 12-point game from him. I'm not expecting much from Michael Pittman. You're obviously starting one Jonathan Taylor, who is absolutely amazing. I don't know why I did that voice. I just love Jonathan Taylor. Dalton Schultz, though, has been extremely hot for the Cowboys the past couple weeks. And I do think that he has a chance to keep it going here. Him and Dak have had that connection going back to last year. So since right before the bye week, 10 points and coming out of the bye, 14, only three against Minnesota, but 17 against the Giants. Indy 14th ranked uh, and allowing points to the tight end. I think you're good to play Dalton Schultz. I mean, at this point, you know, if you're not playing Andrews, Kelsey, Kittle, like, why wouldn't you play Dalton Schultz? The dude has been absolutely amazing, and I, I think any of these guys, you know, if they get a touchdown or, you know, even two, like, they're going to make your day. Like, I'm all in on playing Dalton Schultz, and we are all in on the Cowboys beating the Indianapolis Colts. It's a sweep. The Monday night football game, like, I just wish we could get a good Monday night football game here. The 4-8 and eight New Orleans Saints at the 5-6 and six Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Alvin Kamara has been, unfortunately, a little bit disappointing this year. Obviously had, I believe it was like, he's had two amazing games, 23-point game and a 38-point game. But then since then, he has barely gone over to double digits with a 15, 14, and 10 performance outside of that 4, 6, 7, and 6, and 6. Now he gets Tampa Bay 30th against, the 30th giving up points to the running back, like, you're playing him, and you're hoping he gets some work here, but I don't feel great about it at all. I just I don't know what to do with him. I don't know how much of this may be some of the off-field stuff playing on him. It's just been a bad year for them. Chris Olave is the other guy that you're obviously playing for the Saints, though. Tampa Bay 19th against the pass. I think that Olave is going to have a, a decent day here at least. You know, if anything, you know, if 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 you want to take any solace away from this. You know, Nick Chubb did have 22 points last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 116 yards, did get a, a touchdown here. You're just hoping that Alvin Kamara can do something close to that. For the Buccaneers, I mean, I don't 
if you've been playing Tom Brady all year, you're probably just riding with him. But I think that New Orleans can stymie him here. Like this has just kind of been his his uh, what's. What's the word I'm looking for? His kryptonite. Like, the Saints have just always seemed to be able to go after him and get him, and I think that they can do that again here. I think they should be able to slow down realistically all of the Buccaneers' uh, offense, probably outside of Chris Godwin, who I'm definitely starting. Like, outside of him, I wouldn't feel great about starting anybody else. That includes Brady, but again, super flex leagues. I understand if you've got to start him. We're all taking the Bucks to beat the New Orleans Saints. So thank you guys so much for for tuning in. Again, I apologize for this not being live. Just all have some stuff going on, but I definitely wanted to get you guys at least a quick preview of the week uh, week 13 weekend. We're one week away, one week left of the regular season before we head into the playoffs. Just it's been... A crazy year for fantasy, and it's gone by quick. And I feel like, you know, I've been complaining a little bit on here about that uh, with the way some of my teams have have worked out. But at the end of the day, like, oh, football's already almost over with. And I know I'm going to miss it, and I'm sure you guys will as well. So let's enjoy it for the little bit longer that we have for this beautiful fantasy football game that we play. Matt and Dennis will be back on Monday to recap everything that happened in Week 14. Everybody have a safe and a fun weekend, and we will talk to you guys again on Monday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall line ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Only tackle in the corner. Who can make a play? I can't. Who can make a play? I can't!